0: No, it's true. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it does really. It does. It does trigger remember, memories. I remember sitting in my bedroom in my parents' house, hearing certain songs like "Double Dutch Bus." That song from the early '80s. It mm-hmm. triggers a memory instantly. Or "Earth, Wind, and Fire" playing my parents' vinyl records. Certain songs like instant memory of where I heard that song.
1: Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangel. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my conversation with George Whittam. Coming into... Sort of where I, I want to go with this is into acoustics, because I know that you also deal a lot with that, mm-hmm. with your tri booth and figuring all that out. and. Mm-hmm. Working on the go and and figuring all that out for people. dealing with
0: these boxes like this thing behind me. (laughs) Trying to make them sound usable for voiceover. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, what's the difference between acoustics for, let's say, voiceovers as opposed to acoustics for a musician creating a song?
0: No, that's a great question because I have definitely learned over the years that they are different, right? Um, If you put a singer a singer-songwriter who's someone who's playing, singing, playing a guitar, right? If you put them in a voiceover booth and tell them to perform, they are not going to feel, it's not a very conducive to performance environment. It's, of course, very, very dead. So there's no reverb. There's no liveliness. And um, it doesn't help a musician who's playing acoustically or singing to be singing into a dead void. Um, it's very difficult to perform that way and feel comfortable and inspired to perform. In fact, in a recording studio, what often will happen is there's a special mix for monitor headphones that the engineer creates just for the singer to hear themselves in the way that they would like to hear themselves or maybe even the way they might hear themselves live.
1: Sure, with With room tone.
0: Yeah, more sound, more reverb, and all these other things in their headphones so it feels it feels like it inspires their performance, right? That always that's that's a big thing in music. But in voiceover, we we really do need to have this really very sterile, dead environment because the audio has to be captured that way. The post engineer is going to make all the decisions about how that voice fits into the mix, what the environment's gonna sound like, the ambience and everything. So the the two are very different. It doesn't mean that musicians aren't going to use the things like this, this ISO booth behind me um, when it's absolutely necessary because they can't wake up the kids. They can't bother the neighbors. Um, But it's definitely harder to perform for a musician in, in a very dry dead environment. So yeah, they're they definitely like different things when it comes to a, a studio. The musicians like it more lively, more wood, Like Mm -hmm. wood surfaces, more exposed wood, a hardwood floor. Sure. um, That is definitely much more what in general musicians are going to prefer.
1: Yeah. And when it comes to isolation booths, so there's an issue there too, right? We've talked about this before as well in that an ISO booth by itself doesn't typically have great acoustics as far as like if you just get it and assemble it and go in it and assume that it'll work for voiceover often that isn't the case so like why isn't that the case and is there anything Mm. that can be done
0: well there's a lot of whys to this but (laughs) yeah the what is is that a lot of these companies that make iso booths don't understand the importance of actually having an acoustics expert because they don't they don't have enough knowledge or maybe user feedback that about the acoustics of the space there's a lot of people there's a lot of the blind leading the blind you know the customers don't know any better and then the studio the producers that make the product often don't know any better for whatever reason so they're just building what looks like a great isolation booth and they're they're putting a lot of money and time into building an airtight space that keeps noise out and they're doing their best that they can but they don't realize that there's incredible restrictions that come with having these very small and often very low-ceilinged spaces, so there's some real challenges acoustically to get rid of the resonance of that room. That every size room has what we call room modes, and that's the frequencies at which that room are going to that room is going to have resonance. And it's really three three dimensions: length, width, and height. Right. So each of those is going to determine certain frequencies the room will resonate at. And in order to get rid of all of those different resonating frequencies, it requires sometimes very thick acoustical treatment on the walls. If you were to tune that room to remove all of those different frequency resonances, your your three and a half by five uh, ISO booth would end up being two by four and two by three <laughs> in the middle, because you'd be yeah. in the middle of this almost. You'd be eight smushed. Inch Yeah, it's a one foot thick treatment on the walls, you know, and that's just completely impractical, right? So, um,
1: is that why people use rooms now? Like instead of actually using booths, like,
0: well, rooms are, rooms have the, the, I mean, they have their own
1: problems. (laughs) Yeah. The (laughs) the main
0: advantage of a room, which we're both, we are both sitting in a larger Mm -hmm. space. We're not in our ISO booths. Yeah. Is that one, they sound a little more natural. They Mm -hmm. just sound more natural because we're used to talking to each other and having conversation. In a room,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: in a closet. Yeah. Right? Spend some time <laughs> with a friend. Well, in the I closet. used to do
1: that as a, as a kid with the walkie-talkie <laughs> trying to talk to my sister on the other end of her closet. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. remember doing that as a kid.
0: Yeah, totally. But imagine sitting in have, with your friend and just having coffee in a closet and having a conversation. Yeah,
1: no, right. No. The so, coffee would be everywhere. You can't waste coffee. Yeah.
0: So a room, a bigger room is a more natural environment. It feels more yes. natural. It sounds more natural to us. It just makes sense. Plus, a larger room, all those room modes where the room resonates at these frequencies are much, much lower in frequency. So they fall mm. below the voice range for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not that the rooms don't have resonance. It's just that they're way down below voice range. So that fixes another problem. Plus, the ceilings are t- generally going to be higher in a larger room. So you don't get the reflection off the ceiling as much, especially when you're seated and the ceiling is a meter and a half above my head. So not an issue at all. So the bigger rooms do have advantages, but their major disadvantage is the bigger the room is, the harder it is to keep the noise from coming in. Yeah. Much more difficult. Um, so yeah, that's the pro and the con. You know, I would, I would always prefer a bigger room if the budget and everything else allows. But um, for many people, that's just not tenable. If they live in any suburban or even urban environment, they just, yeah. they're just not going to have that luxury. They have to find the most confined, quiet space they can in their in their home.
1: It can be hard to find sometimes too. So yeah, yeah, I definitely feel for the people in that situation. I'm kind of in that situation myself. I mean, the reason that I have the booth is because I'm in a townhouse complex and there are people driving by our house on a regular basis and groundskeepers and like all sorts of other things happening that I have no control over. So
0: we're really lucky right now. Yesterday morning at this same time, there was an edger going down the sidewalk, you know, with the metal spinning blade. That runs along the concrete is the yep. most horrible grating or the the worst sound on earth. It would yeah. be happening right now if this was yesterday. So actually, yeah. yeah we, we have
1: groundskeepers that come here Tuesday mornings. <laughs> um only in the summer. But mm-hmm. they've been they were here not today, but they were here last week because it was summer like conditions. Right. And the leaf blowers, I'm like, why? This is, what this leaves is, are there? <laughs> this is
0: every week. All year round in yeah. Venice, California, right? Oh, there is yeah. never a season where you don't have that stuff. It's just constant. And I live near a air, small airport. Oh, my so goodness. So this is one of the quietest mornings I can remember. I was having breakfast with my girlfriend wow. just sitting there in silence going, wow, it's really quiet today. <laughs> this is really strange. So we got we got really lucky.
1: They <laughs> knew you were coming on the podcast and they just wanted to be, you know... Yeah. They want. They wanted to make sure you had a, a good sound. I mean, so, you guys probably yeah.
0: don't think, you guys must, you must imagine that I have this like incredible recording <laughs> studio with soundproof everything. No, I, I don't. I, I, you know, I don't build studios for myself. I build them for everybody else, yes. right? So yeah. um, while it'd be nice to have that, I don't have that. I just have the same crappy windows every other apartment building in LA has. And, uh, and, uh, that's why there's a booth back here for really, really critical <laughs> stuff, you know? So yeah, yeah that's the reality of it's living in a city.
1: I get it. I get it. And I'm in a suburb. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you can ever really get away with it unless you're living out in the country somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, and then you uh, have cows
0: and tractors and yeah. big rigs. <laughs> Different and...
1: noises. <laughs> and your next <laughs> door neighbor firing up the motorcycle. <laughs> Motorcycles,
0: mon- you know, monster diesel trucks and on and on. So never. Yeah, it's ends. rare to have a complete control of your environment unless you're like on a on a ranch or something really Yeah. far away.
1: So you told me the sound that you hate the most. <laughs> what about the sound you like the most? What is the most pleasant sound that you've ever heard, do you think? I'm just curious. Mm.
0: Wow. Well, I guess I've been, I've been literally moved to tears in a few orchestra or live performances before with a sure. um I remember being in Philadelphia, seeing um, a trumpet player playing a solo with, you know, in the Kimmel, I think it was in the Kimmel Center. I don't remember which, which venue it was. This was a long time ago. And I just remember it was so moving because it was so beautiful. The piece was beautiful. The playing was beautiful.
1: Well, you'd know, right? The
0: acoustics was beautiful. <laughs> Everything just came together and it was just and you know, I I don't know how many of you are like this out there, but I can be emotionally moved by instrumental music sure. very easily. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to have lyrics. In fact, for me, lyrics have always been secondary about music for me. It it literally took years for me to start actually paying attention to the lyrics and songs. I couldn't care. <laughs> less what the yeah. lyrics were mm-hmm. in any songs. It was the weirdest thing until I was well into my 20s. So for me, it's always been about the sound, the textures, the rhythms, the way it's recorded. um, That that has always been what's triggered an emotion in me. And I don't know if this is genetic, but I can tell you my, my daughter who's now 14. When she was a little, little kid, if I played certain songs, like piano pieces that were not me playing because I can't play, but... I would play her something to help her go to sleep. She'd say, no, daddy, don't play that. That makes me sad. And and just because of the key of the song and Mm -hmm. the way it's played, it literally triggered an emotional response in my daughter before she knew anything about music, right? So it's a fascinating thing to me. That has always been really interesting to me, how just chord progressions can trigger an emotional response.
1: I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Thrive After 55 writes, this is a gem of a podcast. Jody is not only an accomplished talent in voiceover and singing, but can now add gracious and welcoming podcast host. Her style of interviewing truly allows room for her guests to shine with interesting and intriguing information. This is a great add to your podcast listening. Thank you, Thrive, for your very kind review. And now back to the show. Oh yeah, And I so agree. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. Uh, advertising uses this a lot to their advantage. I've I've noticed that um, there are commercials that can make me cry mm. because of the use of music. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> gets me every time. Oh my God, gets me every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's better to watch some commercials with the sound off, but then you can't hear the voiceover. So that doesn't work either. (laughs)
1: That is very true. But you know, I've often told, I've often told people that the way that you understand how important sound is, if, is if you're watching a movie and you turn the sound off Mm -hmm. and then you think, what are you getting from watching this now? You know, because you can see, you can see what's going on. You can catch probably the plot. You can figure out what's happening. But do you care? You don't really care about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, as a kid, when it was a scary mm -hmm. movie, I didn't cover my eyes. I covered Mm -hmm. my ears.
1: Yes. Yeah. I
0: still remember that. Yeah. my ears.
1: Yeah. I can watch whatever is on the screen, horror, whatever. If you turn the sound off, that's it. i'm fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah i turned the sound on though whoa i had nightmares as a kid from jaws Mm.
0: and it wasn't
1: because i was seeing the the shark because you don't see the shark (laughs) right a lot of it's (laughs) about
0: what you don't see which is some of the most best suspenseful films is you almost never see the creature yeah yeah Um, yeah no that's a great point Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to this. Um it really is. But yeah, uh, I, I love talking about all of this stuff. I know. Uh, I know your yeah. podcast
0: is so great because you've covered simple, <laughs> well, so many different aspects of sound.
1: It's fun. It really is because everyone's experiences are different. So Mm -hmm. I've I've loved hearing yours as well. And I'm I'm curious what you think about um, uh, podcasts in general. Do you listen to a a lot of podcasts? Is it something that, um, for instance, the equipment that you help a voice actor have is Mm -hmm. a lot of that same equipment? I mean, I use a lot of the same equipment for that sort of purpose. But, um, but yeah, is it interchangeable? Are there big differences, do you think?
0: I listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, my mm-hmm. routine almost every single day when I have some time is to pop open my podcaster catcher and look <laughs> nice. at my new episodes and see what's coming up. And I, I will pick and choose based on the topic. Like right now, I have a queued up and I'm part of the way through listening to an interview of George Clinton
1: oh, on a podcast nice.
0: called Broken Record, Okay, which is a, a podcast that's Produced by uh, Rick Rubin, and it's usually Rick Rubin actually doing the interviews. He's the engineer famous for just sort of discovering and reproducing the Beastie Boys.
1: Right? Oh, so this okay, goes way back. Sure. Um,
0: but I listen to a lot of some of the big budget national newspaper ones, like the Daily. Um, I listen to ones that are on finance, mm-hmm. so I do like a lot of the. You know, by and large, of course, for me the podcasts have are literally a replacement for reading magazines. Yeah, I grew up loving and. And collecting too many magazines—that was all about. It. I usually had five to ten subscriptions at any one time. Podcasts have replaced that for me now. This is the way I consume a tremendous amount of knowledge, mm-hmm. current events, sometimes comedy, um, and then also great interviews, interesting things in our own business. I will listen to my own podcast, which mm-hmm. the Pro Audio Suite podcast, particularly because you know when you're recording it. It's one experience when you're consuming it. It's another experience. It's very and true because these gentlemen put so much time into producing this show. You know they really have a, take a lot of care in how the show is mixed and edited, um, which is different from the Vobs where Dan and I just do it live. We might trim off the heads and tails, but it's it is what it is, um, which is great for us because we just don't have the time to do it at ten hours of post. But Pro Audio Suite, they will spend eight to 10 hours in post doing a mix and an edit, and it shows, and it's an enjoyable experience to listen to it. So I will listen to my own show, which sure. sounds weird, but I mean. Not at
1: all if they're taking that time with it. Yeah. No,
0: I appreciate hearing what they do. So, sure. yeah, I do consume. I'm just, I'm literally scrolling right now my <laughs> list of what's going on in my queue. Um, some of them are musicians, influencers, and music, music like Quest Love. Um, some of them are comedian based. Sure. Even, even the old This American Life stuff from NPR. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a wide variety. I consume a ton of podcasts. And I've even reached out to a famous comedian podcaster when I didn't like the way his show sounded. And had oh, really? a meeting with him about it. Oh, yes, nice. Okay. I did. I sat on Zoom and I sat with him and his co-host. Yeah, And I said, uh, here, I have some ideas on how to get your show to sound better. Because this was during the pandemic and they couldn't have everybody come into the studio the way they were used to doing it. So everybody was remote, you know, and uh, I found that what I came to the conclusion was, was most of these people were doing this via Zoom or something like it. And they were all using a mobile phone and they had the phone probably like right about here so they could see each other. So the microphone was this far away. So it was sound and they weren't using headphones. So oh, it, it was that's a, the
1: killer right there.
0: Yeah, no headphones and the mic was Ouch. far away. So I' typed yeah. up a PDF, I sent it to the guy.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I didn't make a penny from this, right? I did this as a fan. I thought maybe maybe he would tell a friend or maybe he'd appreciate it. I never heard anything back ever again. But mm-hmm. I now have this document and I've sent it to other people <laughs> who have sure. asked the same question yeah. about how to get good, better sounding guests. And because I, I appreciate a good sounding show, and I, I've actually stopped listening to shows where the audio quality is too irritating or too inconsistent yeah. to, to enjoy the show, even if it's something I wanted to learn about. I was this close to not listening to the George Clinton one because George oh, was probably great? just sitting in front of his Zoom, you know, with his laptop, with his laptop mic, mm-hmm. you know, because he's George Clinton. They weren't going to make him go through a bunch of hoops. To get yep. him to do the show, they got dudes eighty something years old, right? Yeah, but <laughs> you're and, gonna get what like, you get. <laughs> I was like Rick Rubin, one of the best producers in the world. Mm, couldn't you guys have gotten better audio from the guest somehow, yeah. some way? Come on. So yeah, you I like to be picky.
1: <laughs> I don't blame you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this whole show is about sound, and you know, I I get invited to be on other podcasts, and the first thing that I do is listen to how it sounds. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is there are a few podcasts out there who have their guests on by phone,
0: oh, like actual by telephone. actual
1: telephone line.
0: Fascinating.
1: And I just, uh, nope. That's not a big this, nope from me. This day and age. I know. No way. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So, yeah, I, I won't be on a show like that. I, I actually yeah. had someone ask me to be on a show today that did that. I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, we're just going to call you and talk to you on the phone. No. Nope. That's a no, no, that's, yeah, no, (laughs) I'm all about audio. Like I'm all about sound here. You can't, you can't do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know there's this whole notion of content is king, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: um, if the content is uh, really difficult to consume and irritating to listen to, it's still, it's still not, you know, you still have to pay attention to sound quality to a certain degree. It doesn't have to be flawless, but it does have to be non-irritating and not, whatever the... Whatever it is, it has to be non-distracting. It can't be distracting to the listener to the point where they can't enjoy the content.
1: You can't notice it, yeah. Because the minute you're noticing it, then there's a problem. But yeah, I think that a lot of the reasons that people love podcasts so much these days Mm -hmm. is because it's a great way to get the information you want while you're doing other things. So it fits into the little in-between spaces that we all have in Mm -hmm. our lives right now but that we're always doing many different multitasks throughout our day. And it's really hard to sit down and actually focus on something that you just, that's all you're paying attention to. And unfortunately, video is like that, right? You you have to pay attention to video. You can't be doing something else.
0: (laughs) Also with podcasts, I find there's less of the, if it bleeds, it leads type stories and more, more real stories, or at least they don't go, they don't need to go too far down that. You know, uh, visceral content channel as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do listen to a lot of hard hard news like um, Reuters and things like this. I I have it all set up in Alexa so I can just say, "Hey, start my day," and it plays a bunch of different news outlets while I'm in the shower. Um, or I use Apple. I use listen to the Apple News. They do mm-hmm. an everyday uh, news podcast, which is well produced. And um, but yeah, you it's it's less visceral and less tugging on your emotions to get you, uh, you know, manipulate you, you mm. know, because there's, there's no image, there's no images. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But at the same time for my girlfriend, who's ESL, you know, English is a second language,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the podcast only version, the audio only versions are very difficult for her to consume.
1: Oh, she can't read the lips or is it like... Well, if
0: it's just a podcast um, and it's just human, you know, people speaking English at normal pace or mm-hmm. even 1.25 or 1. 1.5, sometimes I listen to a podcast at higher speed, yeah. forget it. Like she <laughs> will not be able to keep up with the content. For her, it's really helpful to hear, hear the English and see subtitles on screen or at least see the people reading them on. So for sure. her, we will watch them. If we're going to sit down together, we're not going to listen to something. We're going to watch something so she can get the information just as well as I can. So yeah. I've learned to adapt to that too.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, conversational in a language of any kind can often be difficult for anyone who doesn't speak it as their main yep. language. So yeah, right. its I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, so there's there's a lot to unpack here, but I think mm-hmm. that um I know you've been on Clubhouse many times with yeah. uh, myself and many of your colleagues, and I really appreciate that first of all because I love having you and 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 the guys and and now um, yeah. Jill is is she yeah yeah you know,
0: we're gonna have Jill come on yeah she's one of the I'm newest people on my team she's yeah. an, an engineer based in New York City who I discovered. I don't remember if I found her on Facebook or by Mm -hmm. some other means, just literally searching for information. But the way I find some of my amazing people on our team is either I've seen them answering questions on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so I start seeing that this person really knows about this thing. I need someone that knows about this thing. It's usually Windows stuff, the stuff I don't (laughs) want to deal with. When someone's like, well, I know how to sort out all this Windows stuff. I'm like, well, well we that's, need to why, talk.
1: that's why you have Mike, right? Mike McGonigal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got
0: a few people. Bruce Hayward on our team is an absolute, talk about a specialist. He's like, uh-huh. I use Windows with Pro Tools and Army interfaces. I'm like, well, that is a niche. Wow. That is a niche. But if we get that person, you are the man, right? Yeah. So. Um, Yeah. So I I look for that. But Jill um, had another set of she actually what impressed me is that she had a website or has a website Mm -hmm. where she is uh, providing similar services at a much less deep, you know, much less of a deep list of options. But she has some of the same services. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is great. I wanted to get some different people on our team and I certainly wanted to get some other uh, some more diversity and I wanted to get some women techs on the team. Um, it be nice to see been, more
1: of that. <laughs> yeah, it's been missing
0: for a really long time, and mm-hmm. not that I haven't tried. I've actually reached out to a handful over the years, and mm-hmm. uh, in most, in all cases, pretty much they were. I kind of got a little bit of a hey, you know, I got my own thing going. I, I don't need you, buddy. I'm, I'm uh, good. Mm. And they're like, "Thank you very much." So, I mean, and more power to them, right? <laughs> um, but it was <laughs> yeah. hard to find someone who's willing to also be a team player with us too. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I'm, we are just going to continue adding more talent and have more people in a wider diverse area of skill sets over time. And it's inevitable. But Jill is our first, uh, first lady on the team. And she is, she's fantastic and very, very talented. So great. great. It's great to have her. And we'll get to talk to her, I think, on one of our future um one of your future clubhouses, which will be yeah, fun. I like I the format that's... of clubhouse too. It's
1: Yeah, I really enjoy it. Nice. I, I like that people can ask their questions in the chat as well as being on stage. Yes. So it they can kind of choose. gives you yeah. It gives you the, the options and, uh, yes. yeah, I'm still figuring out the new clubhouse clubs becoming houses thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. just waiting
0: for you to figure it out. And then you're going to, I'm just going to watch whatever you do and then oh, I'll just my do whatever goodness. you did.
1: <laughs> yeah. My, myself and, uh, and Lucente, um, we're going to be meeting later today, I think to talk mm-hmm. that over because, um, I use club deck. Mm-hmm. So Club Deck is an app, and if anyone listening is interested, it's at clubdeck.app, and it allows you to use Clubhouse on your desktop. Now, eventually, Clubhouse is going to have a desktop version, but honestly, the reason I really like Club Deck is because it arranges it in ways that make sense to me. <laughs>
0: Once you learn it, right? It is different <laughs> enough from the it, mobile app that it yeah. takes a learn. but, but it's yeah. nice that you can also choose what you want to have on the screen.
1: Yeah. And you can look at it all at the same time. Like it all. I I love that. I don't like having to scroll through things like that just bugs me. And the only way that I can get it big enough is using it on my iPad Mm -hmm. because I don't like doing this on my phone at all. And Mm -hmm. then it would be harder for me to use the mic. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Club Deck, I really love it. And they've got it working now with the new houses. But (laughs) all of the functionality has changed. And so I don't I still don't know how to add panelists like this is. (laughs) It's just weird, and the crazy. descriptions have changed from like however it had a length, and now it's like 200 characters. It can't be any more than 200 characters. So if you go in to mm-hmm. edit something, and then you you try to save it, it won't let you save it because that description is too long now. Yeah, it's oh my God! Yeah. Well, now so. you've had
0: your mini rant. I have a mini sidebar rant that you triggered by mentioning that you can't use your iPad with a microphone. <laughs> I did a whole video about this, right? And I showed using the Sentrance Portcaster with an iPad and how I use it. Yeah. Having done all that video, I still have absolute frustration over using a microphone with an iPhone or an iPad.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It drives you know, me I have- insane. I have a little bit of um like a plug, like a lightning plug that goes to um another lightning and two USB. Yeah. So I could technically plug this mic into that and use it on my yeah. iPad. Yeah. And I think it would work just fine. It's the phone that I don't I just I don't want to use my phone and the phone is an Android.
0: Yeah. So well, I, Androids have less trouble I think because they they appear as a normal there's not an Apple firewall between the yeah. devices. Like Apple has this like level of restriction and everything has to be MFI made for, MF, made for iPhone, I guess. Made for iOS, MFI. Yeah. Um, and even then, it it's not a guarantee it's going to detect the mic. In fact, I'll tell you my quick horror story. Cool. At VO Atlanta, I recorded several interviews, at least mm-hmm. five or six interviews, where I had a Rode video mic go to, cute little shotgun microphone, mm-hmm. running directly into my phone with the lightning adapter. Right. And I even had the road rep from Road, who was at Vio Atlanta, help explain to me how to make sure that the microphone is actually working by loading their app. And then the app shows which microphone is being detected. So I know it's using the right mic. And I would Mm -hmm. go through this routine every time I would, before I would hit record in the video camera app to record my interview. Right. Mm -hmm. Long story short, none of the interviews have audio.
1: Oh. Oh my goodness. Oh None. no. I
0: came home from Vio Atlanta. Um, you know, I did some tests and I did get it to work. So I knew it yeah. worked at one point, but I did yeah. an interview with the uh, rep from BSW. I talked to a bunch of the different oh. vendors there. I talked to the the lovely husband and wife from Bear Cave Studios and did mm-hmm. an interview with them. Oh, no audio, oh. nothing.
1: Oh, that's heartbreaking. I can't tell you
0: how frustrating that was. And oh. this is happening to me.
1: George <laughs> the Tech.
0: Right? Um, no one is
1: infallible apparently.
0: <laughs> I, I also use my iPhone. I have a lavalier mic that plugs into the phone, right? And mm-hmm. I used it to do a clubhouse on my way to Vio Atlanta. Yeah, just I was driving. It was so easy to do a clubhouse while you're driving. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not that safe. I don't know, but it was <laughs> fine, and sure. um, and it was great. But then I got to Vio Atlanta, not Vio Atlanta. I'm getting my shows mixed up. Nam, the Nam oh, yes. trade show. Yeah, yeah. I get to Nam, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. This is great. It works awesome. And I would play back the audio, and I go, is it really using the lav mic? And then I would do a bunch of tests, and find out no, it wasn't. So I never knew if the video camera app was using the lav mic or the inbuilt mic. And it was always it was like roulette. Oh. It just made me it just makes Apple, is anybody out That's there crazy listening? Making. We're in version iOS 16.4. Wow. Why is there not a preference in any recording software to choose which input you're actually recording? Um, it makes me crazy. And this is why yeah. we'll never recommend and even an iPad Pro for real recording use you cannot count on it you need yeah. to have a definite positive selection of input in your software for your microphone and rant
1: yeah no i get it i get it <laughs> totally yeah do you want to sound your absolute best when you're being interviewed on a podcast or when you're hosting your own show i have a podcast episode and free downloadable worksheet called sounding your best mm-hmm. as a podcast guest off of the audiobrandingpodcast.com main page Just click on the little square graphic to the left of the player displaying my podcast trailer. It gives you some comprehensive suggestions for where to start or for improving the sound you already have, including the type of microphones to consider and why, ideas for soundproofing your recording environment, and suggestions on how to get the best sound when you're being remotely recorded on services like Riverside FM or Squadcast. Don't let bad audio quality hold you back from being the best podcast guest or host you can be. And of course, if you happen to need voiceover for your intro and outro, feel free to get in touch. I'm happy to help. And now back to the podcast. And for me, it was less a sound issue and more uh, I don't like doing things on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, too small.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for you know, me. It was I mean just this capturing, is a big phone. <laughs> I was only capturing, right? It was just a capture yeah. device and frankly even to this day this is an iphone 11 it's still Mm -hmm. the best camera for shooting video that i actually own yeah it's embarrassing to say but Mm i i've I've got the dji osmo pocket and i've got gopro and all these other things this is still the one that's going to shoot the best looking video best color uh everything and well um, we were
1: talking before about old tech doing the job right
0: right iphone 11 (laughs) For me, it yeah. doesn't feel old because it's the only iPhone I've ever had. It's the first one I ever had after coming from a long, long line of Android phones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've tried to break this phone. The back of it is all cracked. You can't tell. I have a cover <laughs> on it, but this is yeah. all broken glass.
1: Oh wow! And
0: this thing will. This thing still has perfect video. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. But, that's uh, anyway, impressive. Yeah. This is why yeah. I don't trust iOS for for pro audio yes. gathering.
1: Yeah. I I don't blame you at all. I have one question for you that I want to ask you because I'm curious as to your answer. Why do you think sound is important?
0: Uh, I don't know. I could get really esoteric and say sound is important because it's the first sense maybe that you have in the womb. And it's the first thing that you maybe consume and remember from the womb as you remember the sounds of your mother's voice, and you remember music that's heard through the woman, the through the bodies, maybe. the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why sound is so incredibly important. Um, you know, that would, but uh, I, well, I think it is because it, it can, it is so directly uh, for many of us, and maybe all humans are this way, but some people don't tune into it, but it is so directly attached to emotional response. Maybe that's why it is so incredibly important. I think that's what it is for me.
1: I definitely agree with you there, yeah. Like, uh,
0: smell is attached to memory. mm -hmm. You will always remember a smell from some event, or a smell will trigger a memory of an event, Mm -hmm. because those parts of the brain are so closely attached to the hemoglobin. No, I'm just making up dumb (laughs) words. The part (laughs) of the brain... (laughs) <laughs> Hippocampus, I don't know. The part of the brain that is long-term memory, the smell sensors yeah. are attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sound is very, very attached to the uh, emotional emotions. That's It is for me. So that's probably why yeah. it's so important.
1: I, I often say that it gives us emotional context. So, uh, so yeah. And, and, and you're right. You get a smell and you can be brought back to wherever you were. Sound kind of does the same thing. Because I don't know about you, but mm. when I hear, like, 80s music, brings me right back. <laughs> no, it's true.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. It, do- really, it does It does. trigger re- remember- memories. I remember sitting in my bedroom in my parents' house, hearing certain songs like Double Dutch Bus, that song from the early 80s, it mm-hmm. triggers a memory instantly, or Earth, Wind & Fire, playing my parents' vinyl records. Certain songs, like Instant Memory of where I heard that song, uh, the first time. So yes, you're, you're absolutely right. It does.
1: It's almost more than a memory too. It's, you get the feeling too, because Mm -hmm. you're getting not only the remembered experience, but the emotional experience. And so it feels more real which uh yeah like i just i love that about sound but yeah i could go on for absolute ever on this topic however i know that you have a busy day ahead of you (laughs) i know you see
0: me looking at my thing like oh shoot i'm supposed to be talking to somebody soon Um,
1: (laughs) i I will i I just want to hours too yeah i know it's a great i i love talking about this subject and i could do it all day but uh but besides that, I really want to let people know how they can get in touch with you if they need what you are offering, because you offer a lot of great services with a lot of great staff. So please let them know how they can get in touch with you.
0: Sure. Um, our company is George the Tech. Our domain is, you can either put in georgethetech.com if the other domain breaks your brain, but the preferred domain is georgethe.tech. Um, and uh, that's where you can find us on the web. If you don't know what to do, there's a contact form at the very bottom of every single page on the right side. You can send us an inquiry about what your interests are, um, you can, uh, or you can go into what I call the Greek restaurant menu and just start scrolling all the different services that we <laughs> have, what because what we, <laughs> we've broken it down so that the services are, are uh, what we've done is we I have all these texts and I have this master Google Spreadsheet. It has all of the technologies and tech softwares that I'm concerned of, you know what I'm what I want to make sure we cover right And mm-hmm. then I have a check a list of who is the expert in that area this huge grid I call it the tech team grid and then those folks are assigned to those specific services. So if you book I need help with Adobe Aud- Adobe Audition and you look on the little calendar and you see a little initials on that little calendar and you click, that person you select is going to be an expert at Adobe audition. Um, so that's, uh, that's something we've innovated this year and really, I'm really proud of it. Um, it was built by the team at skillshub.life, um, which has this amazing on-demand coaching booking system, um, that was founded by, uh, Jennifer Hale up in
1: Canada. Oh, eh? okay. On the other
0: side of the country. Um, and uh, it's, um, it's a brilliantly designed website and, uh, my site is basically built as the that's the underpinnings of of our site and uh, the team over there is great bill the developer has been an incredibly helpful person who's put in ridiculous amounts of time to answer all of my little annoying bug and feature requests uh, that have come up as we launch the new site and uh, so anyway check it out george the dot tech all your tech support needs from the lowly sound check for 25 bucks, just send in your audio and I'll give you my feedback all the way up to design your your dream studio.
1: I love it. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of information and, and uh, tech knowledge that is on that website is really astounding. Oh, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> so. of free
0: resources. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can just kick kick around in the free resource area for days, months.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or you could drop by our clubhouse on uh, a particular Wednesday at 2 p.m. You guys are around uh, around once a month. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a great resource as well Absolutely. if people have specific questions. But uh, but yeah, I, I so appreciate you doing this. And uh, thank you for being in the clubhouse and thank you for being on the podcast today. I, I, it's been really great.
0: Absolutely. I just, you're very pleasant to speak with. You're professional. <laughs> you care a lot about the production quality and you're so well organized and communicate so effectively. You check all those boxes. It's just always, always a pleasure speaking with you and doing anything you're working on. I know it's going to be well done. So yeah, I really well, appreciate thank it. thank
1: you so much. Yeah. And, and to Umberto too, because he'll be doing all this after. Thanks, Umberto. <laughs> thank you, Umberto. <laughs> Thanks, George. Take care. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.